Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So Big Josh Boy, I like no joke. There's been this reoccurring theme, not obviously on this show because I don't think I've talked about it, but just in my life over the past few years mm-hmm. is that... And and something that literally just happened to me totally affirmed this. And okay. it's that I think I have a superpower, okay? Oh, and, and oh don't, I can't wait to hear don't this. Don't immediately shit on it, okay? <laughs> because, like, bro, it's uncanny, all right? All right. So all right. I think I have the superpower to just destroy shit with little to no effort you know what i mean like <laughs> I I fucking, i'm not talking about like a hulk smash thing at work several times we've had we i work with like big pieces of fucking machinery and somehow i'll break that shit like easily i'll just be like i'll, I'll be yanking on a rope or whatever and it just falls limp and i'm like the fuck was that all about <laughs> and it's it never happens to anyone else which just blows my mind but I go upstairs, a little bit, I guess, inside baseball for everybody. My webcam is super annoying to the point where it makes me look yellow when I wear certain colors. That's why I don't wear dark colors and you can normally see me in white. Normally, my... Uh, my my Hero Academia UA hoodie is totally fine to wear, but I realize now that it is only if I'm wearing a white shirt underneath because if there's too much gray, it turns me yellow anyway. And it's super annoying. And like trying to figure out the white balance and like color balance on it is just way more than like way more effort than is needed to just go wanna, upstairs and change it. into a white shirt. I get yeah. It. I just don't don't want to fuck it it. because last time I tried to mess with it and almost fucked it up. So I was like, "Mm, I'll just leave it alone this time. So, I mean, if anyone was going to have a superpower that was that uh, useless, I'd say it'd be you. Yeah. The the fact that you could just walk up to something, tap your finger on it and it just fucking shatters. Yeah. So I go upstairs and I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch out this fucking thing. So I just happen, my wife apparently, like she leaves the cat's food bowls on the ground and uh, not like in a holder or anything. They're like these ceramic food bowls. Mm -hmm. She leaves them on the ground because one of our cats, his collar constantly gets stuck in the like little holder for it. And then he jerks away and just fucking shoots shit everywhere. So she puts them on the ground and then when they're done eating, she puts them away and uh, apparently she said apparently she just didn't do it fast enough because I walked through and I didn't look down because oh, normally no. <laughs> they're just not on the ground. I fucking booted one of them <laughs> and I, I kicked it right into the other and it just fucking shattered. And she was like, well, OK, then <laughs> like, that's cool. And I was like, I stopped. I was like, did I just do that? Like for real? Did I just this fucking me? explode that thing? And she was like, "Yeah." And I was like, no "Why are they on the floor?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Why are they on the floor?" And she's like, "Well, I normally put them away after they eat, but apparently, I just didn't do it fast enough." <laughs> Jesus. 
Wow. Well, so apparently, yeah, I can just tornado. destroy shit with the yeah. drop of the hat. Yeah. All right. Just, all right. Well, don't I'm come, fucking don't come to my house. Natural disaster. You stay where you're dude. at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to cause some mass casualties. It's fucking insane. <laughs> every time, every time Florida has a hurricane, it's just you coming to town. Yeah, it's just a clap of my ass cheeks. I get some it. people dummy thick. They're like, "Ew, let's all the guards." I'm like, "Nah, dude, my the clap of my ass cheeks caused mass catastrophes." Okay, it's like it's a serious I'm condition. fucking, I'm sick of this life. You know what I mean? Well, good thing we're not talking about that though. <laughs> Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week is, of course, a special episode because we will not be talking about the indie games news or anything like news cram, no indie shout outs, but I guess kind of the entire episode is an indie shout out. In a way. Instead, we are talking about our indie game of the year for 2021. This year, we tried to do it a little bit differently. In the in the past couple of years, what we've done is mostly just have like five games yeah, that we yeah, wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our top five for the year. Obviously, our number one being our indie game of the year. And then we would have some honorable mentions that wouldn't necessarily meet any sort of criteria, whatever like frivolous criteria we chose for that yeah. indie game of the year episode. Uh, this year, I decided to make things a little bit more formal with giving specific categories hopefully so we can shout out more games and i wanted to be able to talk about games outside of the year they released Mm -hmm. so we added a couple of different categories that aren't required that it came out in 2021 instead these are like we have one that is about if people were to just get in to indie games right now or wanted to get into indie games what we think would be a good game to bring them in to the genre to get them acclimated with it we have others of course we've got like best art style best narrative best gameplay we've got all sorts of fun stuff uh we've got standout mechanic which is one that i'm actually really excited to talk about especially because you and i both chose the same fucking game i mean it's pretty obvious like come on time investments and bang for your buck we've got all sorts of good stuff and then we are going to talk about our listeners indie game of the years those who wrote them in and we're going to cap it off with some listener questions because like you you got to do that you know what i mean yeah. you got to cap it off with listener questions because i gotta hear phil's weird ass I, questions. I am not excited just, about this one i read this one to my wife know? and she was like ew no why i <laughs> i actually like just last week i listened to this sacred symbols episode that he got this from and i was telling chase earlier today i was like dude when i heard that question i was like that's a Phil ass question. Like I could totally see Phil writing in that question to IndiePod, and then fucking little did I know he's gonna do it two days later. Like yeah. he is fucking insane. So can't get away. I'm excited to get into this. Yeah, it's it's gonna be great. But before we do any of that, gotta go through some housekeeping. Uh, our developer interview this week going live on Wednesday, the 19th of January, is with. Uh, Lee Hamad, I believe is how you'd say that, developer of Psychoverse City. This game looks really, really interesting. It's cool. I think it's something that you actually have to see to yeah, understand it. It's it's like, think of, um, if you're old enough, think of putting a VHS tape <laughs> in a VCR and then watching like a really janky cyberpunk, neopunk type of world. But like, if you were in the matrix but instead of dodging bullets they just jumped and like 
wall dashed on buildings constantly and it was just like a <laughs> vortex of buildings that's a really weird way to describe it but if you saw it i think you'd kind of see that it's pretty much that yeah i th- that's an app description so be sure to check them out over on steam they have a steam a steam page for it it's just psychoverse city it's exactly how you'd think it would be spelled so there you go mm-hmm. while you're in your browser might as well head over to teespring check out that indie pod store we got t-shirts stickers and hoodies hell yeah soon to be masks when i eventually do it you know it's it's whatever you got to have that reoccurring theme yeah. of vaughn being like hey i will add this and then three years later i finally do it my you hope, know my hope is that by three years from now we don't need those masks anymore <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But you never know what's going to happen, dude. There's all these different variants. Everybody's like, whatever. So I guess we'll find out. Check out our YouTube channel. Just IndiePod over on YouTube. Leave us reviews on any site and we could do blah, which you can do so specifically iTunes and Spotify. Help us out a bunch. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher level. If you give us any amount of time or any amount of your money, we absolutely love you for it and we appreciate you. But of course, we got to thank those $3 tiers and higher. So thank you so much to Ryan, Ethan, a gamer for fun. John. <laughs> Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Hutcher, the Wombat Emperor of Australia, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much. You are all so amazing. And Big Josh, a boy. I think we got to start off basically at the, the bottom, bottom of the list and, and then move yeah, our yeah, way yeah. up is, is what I'm thinking I we're going to do. So the first category that we're going to talk about is our must buy indies. These are the games that we believe if you're going to get into indie games, these are the ones that you need to check out to, I guess like for whatever reason, that will be part of what we talk about. Yeah. So big Josh boy, you've got, and this was uh, irregardless of year yeah, of yeah, release yeah. date. So there you go. Uh, What game did you say that new players should play if they want to get in D&D games? Yeah, this was this was probably the toughest one for me to uh, come up with because it's so tough to say one indie game that someone just has to play out of any indie game that's out there because there's so many different genres there's so many different styles there's so many different you know everyone has their own interests but I think if you're trying to get kind of like the the stereotypical you know indie game kind of like a a pixel art platformer but understanding Mm -hmm. that there's more depth to it i think the best way to do that is giving you celeste because celeste is very much it shows you something that is very similar to the idea of what a lot of people would attribute to an indie game or at least did you know, a few years back, I think it's getting more uh, ingrained that there's a lot more variety when it comes to indie games. But I feel like a, a few years back, it was just like, oh, it's just a platformer. Oh, it's just pixel art. That's indie, right? Whereas Celeste yeah, is definitely during the XBLA days. Right, exactly. Whereas Celeste very much is that, but it has so much more heart and soul into it. It's got a great story to it. It is so damn challenging and really pushes you. Uh, and then at the same time, this is why I recommend it to everyone is because even if you can't overcome that and you do struggle with the difficulty that this game provides, they have such a great way of handling accessibility to a point where you can really pick and choose your level of difficulty and how tough this game is for you if you can't get past certain areas because it is tough. And the game even goes into that thematically by saying, 
hey, we know this is tough, but you can overcome this just like the person in the, the actual story itself, right? Um, so I think there's a lot to love here. I think there's it's a great way to get people into it. And it's one that even though it is physically or like mechanically demanding, there are ways to get around that from the accessibility options that they have so that it is more inclusive to a wider audience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I 100% agree. I think Celeste, I, I still haven't beaten it, honestly, <laughs> but I do think it's amazing. And here's the thing is that the only thing keeping me from beating this game is myself because of those accessibility options and the way that it just, I, I think, perfectly ties its narrative thread of kind of perseverance into the gameplay by having this incredibly like really, really hard platformer, mm -hmm. but one that is beatable. No matter what, if you just put time and and you invest into it, you can beat that game. And you could also like, hey, you might be able to make things a little bit easier. But I remember when it originally came out, I believe in 2018, 2019, I can't remember. The developer of the game said that they, they came out and were like, it is possible. You can beat this game. Uh, you can use the accessibility features if you'd like, but you don't have to. Yeah. And and I really loved that. I was like, I totally get it. All right. So Celeste is definitely something that's in my backlog and one of my goals of 2021, or sorry, 2022. Dude, I have no off. idea what year it is. I, I was yeah. doing a big kickoff <laughs> video for my company, like a, a marketing type video, and I was building it all out. And we have this like quote for this year, like the, the inspirational quote of it. And I ended the video with it and I put 2020 and the <laughs> quote, and my <laughs> boss was like, the video is great, but it's not the right year. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> You're like, I've been in stasis for two years, bro. Like, what What do you think is going to happen? I've, I've been on fucking ice. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely a hard one. But uh, yeah, I believe Celeste is a fantastic game to introduce people yeah. into indie games. I think so. And to, to get them to fall in love with it. Um, For me, the, the game that I chose was Hades by Supergiant Games. I, I felt like this game has kind of already brought a lot of people into the indie game genre that wouldn't have otherwise yeah man and the reason that i believe that hades is just so perfect to get someone into indies is because it offers so many things that indies can offer but in just i would say such like an accessible and approachable package mm. where you do have something for everyone you have this storyline that's incredibly intricate and mm -hmm. takes time for you to understand but once you do it comes to a complete end and you have all of these different stories that you can invest time into you can learn about these small characters you can learn about a Achilles's relationship. You can do all sorts of cool stuff. And I think that's something that people who love story can get really into. Those who love gameplay, obviously it's a roguelike. So people can, like uh, those people can really get into it with the different weapons and different god abilities, different builds. I think it could easily lend to that. Yeah. As well as like with the introduction of once again, accessibility modes with that god mode, you can- sure beat this game like given enough time you're going to die but you're going to experience this roguelike in a way that is a little bit more accessible where you're constantly just building up a durability every time you die slowly but surely and eventually you're probably going to beat it granted you have to beat it seven times ten. or so like ten. seven to ten, ten? okay yeah, there you times. go 
I to to get the full story, but yeah. I do think that like that is all capped off with a really really beautiful art style, just littered thirst with trap, beautiful maybe. waifus and husbandos, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a straight up thirst trap. So that's personally it's, why I think that Hades is just a great must buy for people yeah. getting into indie games. I love it because it's popularizing the idea of roguelikes. There's so many people who would always say things like i hate roguelikes because i don't like that you die and have to start all the way back over and yet this game um granted i always talk about it there's games that did it before this but it really popularized the idea of giving you these small breadcrumbs or these nuggets of story and interesting pieces that will make it feel like you're still progressing even if you fail which is just such a, a smart way to do it because you know uh, the general roguelikes or or roguelites they have a lot of that feeling of if you lose a run you kind of feel like well damn i wasted my time like there's like the the idea of me trying to do that uh that challenge of beating all those characters and isaac like there were nights where i would put in just like you know three hours of my time and be like fuck i have achieved nothing because i kept dying <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'll never get that time back the time that three hours i'm getting better at the game and understanding the mechanics more and and getting more you know skilled in that way but like from a progression standpoint of visibly seeing something it's like yeah i just wasted three hours like it just sucks whereas this at least if every failure in between gives you a moment where you could talk with those characters you could build that story you can pet the dog like all good stuff yeah Absolutely. I definitely agree. Uh, so on to our next category. This is best bang for your buck. Honestly, I initially put it as like released in the current year. And then I realized that this should be kind of like irregardless of year for indie games. Like really just what you believe is one of your best bang for your buck unless you wanted to do current year. I would assume that you might change your answer to like Binding of Isaac, giving it well, being see, like here's irregardless. The thing. Here's the thing. I, I didn't uh, put Binding of Isaac because I was like, I've put this too many times already. I, ah! I didn't want to just keep using it. And so I was like, all right, I want to do something different. And I also think that this one is still a pretty good game regardless of the year that people can really get into because I've been a big fan of this game when it was just a board game and there is a lot of time that you could sink into this. So I guess I'll just give you my answer because I'm kind of just jumping into it. But yeah, best bang for your buck, I think is uh, the Gloomhaven uh, PC version that they came out with the video game release. Uh, it was in early access. It just fully like 1.0 released this year or 2021 being this year. And I think that there are a lot of things that I have issues with now that I've been playing the game, the PC version more and more where I'm finding little things that are just kind of pissing me off because certain things just work differently when you have, you know, when you're able to play it in person versus the computer doing something for you. Things that like they're they're doing something really cool where they're creating these house rules where there's certain like things that you can modify based on how people play it. That's like slightly different from like the the major rule books but there are little things like there's a, a a specific level this is going a bit too into details but just for example there's a specific level where you have to have this person following you and the character has a mind of its own every turn it moves too it's all it does and you have to protect them and get them from one area of the map to the next and you have to open these doors and get them and so we were really pissed off because if the door is not opened in these like it's like four rooms and they walk through them if the door is not open they'll walk towards the door however if you open the door and sit in the doorway 
Basically, if you just be a door, won't move because you're blocking <laughs> their way, which I think <laughs> is stupid. And I was very <laughs> mad because the game took a lot longer. and We almost failed because the computer just kind of sat there being like, something's in my way. Like, move, <laughs> you, you idiot. Like, what are you doing? And so things like that won't happen when you're able to just be like, I'm playing and this is a board game piece. I'm going to move it because that's what makes sense. It's supposed to move. I can just be a door rather than there being a door. Anyway, point being, there are some issues with it, but there is a ton of content. They've still put everything in there. They're adding extra pieces to it as far as like an adventure mode thing. Well, that was in there, but they're adding to that and just the way it works. I think it's super cool that you get to experience it uh, online and that you can play it with all your friends where you don't have to be in person. Um, it's it's just a good time, and there is a ton of content in it. All right. For me, best bang for your buck, I, okay, so originally I totally hadn't realized that I put current year. So yeah. for the current year, I would definitely say Loop Hero for reasons that we'll talk about actually in just a little bit for, I guess, Everybody knows why, but we'll just yeah, we'll talk yeah, about yeah. it in like two more categories because um, I think that game's amazing and it's definitely exceeded like a, a massive amounts of playtime for that game for such a low price. Um, but outside of that, irregardless of release date, I would say for me specifically, Hollow Knight was the best bang for my buck by Team Cherry, mostly because like one I put so much time and I love this game so much. Like just the actual game itself, I have put upwards of uh, like over 50 hours into playing it across multiple platforms. I have I played it mostly on PC because I ended up finishing it last year, trying to get uh, doing that over 100 percent run. Super, super fun. I love it but also how much it's added to, I guess, my life and my love of things outside of just the game itself. Watching all the Moss Bag lore videos, getting the dope plushes, getting some dope-ass collectibles, just all of these different things. I adore Hollow Knight, and I easily think, like, I have gotten far more out of the game than I have paid for it, even though I have bought this game on like every platform. Same with Hyperlight. So other I've, people can get a good bang for their <laughs> buck. You can't. Oh yeah. At this point, it's like technically <laughs> no, but like, can you put a price on like nostalgia and love? I can't necessarily na say nostalgia, nostalgia but can yeah. you put a price on love? One you day know what I mean? One it's day. Like, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. So here's my thing. Here's why I didn't want to also put Binding of Isaac for this category, because our next category is yeah. so tightly related to this one. It absolutely is. So I was like, I can't put it one. Like, this is my thing about giving uh, something the same. It's like, I don't want to have the same cat. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to have same award, award like six times. Yeah. Just like, beep, where beep, it's beep, like, beep, hey, beep. there was one game that was really good and everything else can suck it. Like, I. <laughs> trying to diversify a little bit um let's uh, i guess go to the the next one which is most time invested um which this one also the release date is irrelevant mm -hmm. i will go again since that just seems to be the order and if anyone knows me uh or the million times that i mention this on every episode and every developer interview it's got to be the binding of isaac there's just no other way i've spent hundreds of hours on both the PC version and my Steam version. And I just, I it's gotta be over like 
I'm pretty sure it's over 500 for sure. Like that's easy. It's definitely over 500, but I don't know where it's at. I just know it's somewhere above that. So definitely checks out. A Big Josh boy just cleared Binding of Isaac like no other. <laughs> it's freaking that. insane. No, literally. Okay, I gotta be real. Every time I get on my fucking PC, I look. Big Josh boy's playing Binding of Isaac. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's just a good filler game man if i don't know what i want to do and i'm just like i'm gonna kill time it's binding isaac okay all right i i get it uh so for me most time invested last year in general would be hollow knight by team cherry obviously uh because i did that like over 100 run i put a lot of time into it um outside i guess of like what i did last year i I can honestly still say, like, for an indie game specifically, I think my time with Hollow Knight has surpassed most, uh, like, uh, has surpassed most other games, Mm. or at least indie games specifically. Uh, So, there you go. For me, it's Hollow Knight. I'm not going to talk about it anymore since I already did it in Bang for Your Buck, but... We got to talk about our standout mechanic. This is a unique aspect of an indie game that it just everyone must experience. This was during the current year, so that's 2021. And Big Josh Boy and I both chose Loop Hero by four quarters. So you got how it. you feeling? How do you want to describe this? So before, since I know you'll go a little bit into this. So before I go into mine, I would say that one of the ones that I kind of struggled with uh, of possibly giving this to, because I, I also talked about this and how cool i thought it was uh is before your eyes eyes of the mechanic of having you blink and continue the story which i think is such a cool mechanic and i think definitely deserves a lot of love but honestly loop hero was like a tad over for me because before your eyes was more or less just you know blinking and the story progresses whereas loop hero had just such a standout mechanic in the idea that what a boring just base way to describe a game (laughs) <laughs> like, what do you do with the game? Oh, you know, you just you walk. And, no, not, not before your eyes. Oh, you're like talking general, about Loop well, Hero? Both, both okay. of them kind of, yeah, both of them yeah. very much so. But I feel like before your eyes kind of has that like that shock value of like you could play by blinking, whereas Loop Hero, it's like, what are you doing it? It's like, oh, you know, your character just walks in a big loop and then you keep doing it and you get stronger <laughs> and then you keep doing it until you don't loop anymore and then you're done. And it's like, whoo. Sounds like a shit game. And you're like, actually, it's like the best from 2021. And it's like, <laughs> is this a shitty game? And or like the is best this a shitty or a shitty year? Like, what's like, happening? What's going on? And so I think Loop Hero, it's it's a standout just because it very much was something where even if you check the tapes of us talking about it, it was me talking to you about how you need to play this game and you being like, I don't really want to. And then like two weeks later, you being like, what a great game. And I was just like, I told you. <laughs> it is. It's it's so fucking good. Like I, I honestly, I was surprised that you, that you didn't put before your eyes when I went and filled this out. Like, I think I filled it out last night or the night before. Um, I was honestly surprised you didn't put before your eyes because I was like, oh, he talked about that. It seemed like a really cool mechanic. Saw that Loopier was on here and I was like, I get it. Like, I, I totally get why Loop Hero would be on here. And it's the way that you uh, described it way back when. And I believe you had actually, you were referring to someone else describing it. So, you know, it's like a friend of a friend said it, whatever. Sure. Is that in this game, you don't control it yourself, but you control the difficulty of the world. You yeah. control those monsters. Mm-hmm. And 
easily like i would say the the most standout mechanic is placing those tiles not knowing necessarily what you were going to get and accidentally placing too many fucking sand tiles yeah, next to each other and summoning sand spirits that then eat your ass like it's it's so awesome and insane i loved it so much and just constantly like every time i got a new tile i was like I have to figure out what this bullshit summons. Like, yeah. I know it's going to suck for me, but I have to find out how it works. And then just intermingling these tiles by like placing certain things next to them where you were talking about the village next to the graveyards mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it like ends up messing everything up. Or if you put vampires, like if you put their little, uh, their little domains next to things, what it'll do. It's just so, so cool. Yep. I, I think that's so much fun. It was so awesome. It really blew me away. And I I will say the one thing that I... The reason why I think that Loop Hero didn't win, like, some... I would say best gameplay for me. Little, I'm not going to tell you what I put for best gameplay. But the reason that Loop Hero didn't take best gameplay is because after having taken this long break, trying to go back to Loop Hero, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's happening in this fucking game. Like it took me like 10 minutes to figure out how to actually start an expedition. I was like, where is the fucking button? Like, I can't remember how to play this game, but it's just such a fun game. True it's struggle. so good. And it's like, it's obviously an idle game. So you can just chill. You yeah. can just like fucking do whatever you want. I played it a lot while I was working from home. So I think it's a great game. It's super fun. I agree. I agree. Easily. Yeah. Easily has the most standout mechanic. But Big Joshua, next we're going to be talking about the best art style of an indie game yep. in the current year. So 2021. Big Josh Boy, what, what you got? I said so. Personally, I'm not I'm usually not a person who who is crazy about graphics or uh, certain art designs. Like when I play a lot of games, I'm usually more just in for the mechanics or like the gameplay loop of it. But one of the ones that I thought stood out to me that I thought is it's very much my style. Like, I don't think others are going to have this same opinion, but I loved Biomutant like Biomutant was a, was a fun game in general, but I just loved the art direction for it because I loved the very luscious and vibrant colors that you got in this weird apocalyptic world. These different biomes that have, you know, the, the crazy poison clouds to these more like icy tundras. And then at the same time, you have the combat style, which plays kind of like a comic book where you know the certain attacks and the numbers and damage like all of that direction from uh just an artistic perspective felt like you were playing a comic book at times i loved it like i, I thought it was such a cool way to do that it didn't make much sense in the context of like why really from the story perspective but i thought it was cool so i'm gonna go with that as my favorite art style for 2021 all right. For me, my favorite art style of of 2021 was a game that like outside of its art style, I was actually pretty put down by. It's a game that I talked about, mm -hmm. I would say, for several weeks uh, at the end of 2021. And it is Greek Memories of Azure by Nevagante Entertainment. Navegant. I don't, I don't know how to say it. I 
I think this game looks so beautiful. I love the hand-drawn art style. I think it's so cool, and its character designs are really, really sweet. It's easily the game I was looking forward to most just based on art style that year. And then while playing it, the gameplay kind of threw me off. I, I'm not a big fan of the, like, two people thing. Yeah. We have to control multiple characters. I just find that annoying. Like, I'm not a big fan of it. it they use it a little bit in Eastward, but I was like, that's like it's it's okay yeah, like yeah, i'm yeah. not it's it's not bad because they don't use it too often versus greek did so it's it's not going to be on my list anywhere else but man that fucking art style is so good it is <laughs> so pretty so there you go right. uh our next category is best narrative of course this is coming out of 2021 big josh what would you got the forgotten city by modern storyteller this Ooh. is so this is one of those games where for the longest time, a bunch of people like J uh, Jacob Decker and and other people from GameSpot and uh, well, Jake, Jake's not a GameSpot anymore, but other people from GameSpot were talking about it and how good it was. And I was like, yeah, it probably is good. Whatever. I'll play it eventually. And then it came to Game Pass. And game Pass is always a good seller for me to get into a game since I don't actually have to buy anything. And honestly, I love time loop stuff. And man, if you were to put the two time loop games from 2021 together, you got 12 minutes. You got Forgotten City. Forgotten City is just so much damn better, dude. So much damn better. <laughs> the story in it is so good. Like it honestly is. It's done really well. Um, I would recommend if you play the Forgotten City and you like it to also check out the documentary that Noclip did on it. I thought it was really good and it was very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, just they did a really smart way of reaching out to actual like professors and people who are historians studying the the time uh, frame that they used for this game. And it's got a lot of good uh, just points of you figuring out just the the mysteries of this world. But at the same time, it's not tedious with the way that they did uh being stuck in a loop and having to do the same thing over and over again. They found a way from both a story perspective and a game perspective to make it okay that you kind of just push things off to a person afterwards to be like, I don't want to do this. Just go do this for me because I already did it earlier in a time loop. And they're just like, okay. But it like it works because there's a reason why you need to do that. Eventually you figure out. I think it was just done really well. Um, Great story. It's probably one of my favorite. The only thing that maybe would have come close to that again is uh, Before Your Eyes. Okay. All right. Uh, for me, this is actually, I I kind of like racked my brain a bit on this one, not knowing exactly what I wanted to choose for best narrative because like I do enjoy Eastward's narrative. It's really one of the main reasons I want to keep playing because I don't think the gameplay is very good. I do like the art style. I think the characters are really cute, especially Sam. But <laughs> I like the the big lulls the of just filler in between i find so annoying so i i couldn't put eastward on here and ender lilies i think it's really really cool but it is the kind of like it's also a drip feed it's it's yeah. something that you have to like read item descriptions not a lot is given to you mm. and i would say if anything maybe the reason that ender lilies isn't my best narrative might be because I just haven't put enough time into learning the lore of that world. Right. So the game I actually chose for my best narrative is one that 
while going through the game, while you're achieving things, you're constantly getting story beats. And it's it's very quick. When you learn new things, you get new story. It's so good. It's Loop Hero by Four Quarters, which I actually... I, I, I'm surprised that I chose this because it's not a game that I feel like a lot of people would have picked for its story. For narrative, yeah. But yeah, I just find that idea of God basically being done with the world and just shattering it, having his minions shatter the world for the most part. And then you as like the last remnants of this broken world are trying to piece it all back together, tile by tile, literally as you go through. And you also meet all of these like fantastical creatures like vampires or sand spirits or just anything else like fucking not necessarily slimes, but as long as you run into something, yeah, the harpies that have actual sentience, they all, also reflect on the story of this world and i just think that's so so cool like recently when i just a a couple weeks ago when i hopped back into loop hero because i wanted to refresh myself on what it was like and totally forgot how to play the fucking game i had finally gotten the sand spirits and they started talking and they're like oh you should join us if you join us like turns out the sand spirits are actually just people who had given up their like tangible bodies and become part of the constantly like moving sand and it's just so so cool and i i really really loved that and as you continue to beat each boss you continue to get this really interesting story you're figuring out what's happening and you're literally defying god and i just found that so cool so i had to put it in here especially like Especially for a game that really would shine on its gameplay. I think that Loop Hero, if people devote the time to like learning its narrative, I think you'd be impressed with how good it is. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Big Josh boy. Now we're moving on to best gameplay. What you got? Best gameplay. Uh, surprisingly, you know, I don't think that there were a lot of games that I played that were real heavy on just what I would constitute as gameplay or you know that like major action gameplay type gameplay um there were a few yours is one of the other ones that i was going to you know probably pick um but i ended with one that was more recent which was archvale and i think i did that just because i really enjoyed the idea of taking a bullet hell game and turning it into an rpg um archvale super cool i've talked about it recently but it's basically like enter the gungeon but instead of guns you play with swords or bows or wands and you get to level up your character you get to craft gear you get to fight all these different bosses and the story of it was it was actually pretty good but honestly like i just had a lot of fun playing this game to the point where i picked it up and was just pretty much enthralled with it and played it for the next couple of days, uh, you know, that week straight until I ended up beating it. I had a good time with it. I definitely think it was probably the most like action packed game that I played that I was like, yeah, this is this is my jam. All right. I I have yet to play it, but it does seem really interesting and I think it's still on Game Pass. Yep. So mm-hmm. I've been I'm thinking about checking it out. Uh, ever since you talked about it, but my my game is Death's Door by Acid Nerve. This is a game that, like, I believe at the end of July, uh, early August, it came out and people around the industry were kind of raving about it. And like at the time, Josh and I just didn't really necessarily like understand it because 
it's like if I had to give it a number, solid like eight, eight point five. It sure. is, yeah, it's a good game. It's just not as like fucking blow your mind as everyone made it seem. But one thing that I do think really stands out outside of what I would say are some really great character designs is the gameplay for me. I think it's it's very smooth. It's very fast. Mm-hmm. I love that you can use your different like spells and abilities in different ways in combat. I really like that. And as a Souls-like fan, not necessarily having Souls-like combat, but just having that fast combat that also like you, if you have good reflexes, you can be really good at it and yep. you can dodge out of the way of swords you, or just attacks in general. You can hit attacks back at people. I found it really, really cool and really good. And later on in boss fights, I felt like they got really, really creative with their boss fights, yeah. especially like with some of the last bosses of the game, I think they got very creative. It was very, very fun. And I I just think they did a great job. I think that is easily outside of character design because I love the fucking crows. I think they look (laughs) dope. Um, I think that is easily like the standout feature for Death Store is its gameplay. And I, I think it outshined a lot of the games that came out this year. I thought about putting Loop Hero, but I was like, It doesn't actually have like fun gameplay. Yeah. Like I like (laughs) playing the game, but it's not like I like playing it for different reasons. It's not really fun gameplay. So I get it. And other games I was like, either they have butt gameplay or there's just things about their gameplay that piss me off. Yeah. And I was like, like I, I don't. Yeah, I was like, I don't have things like that for Death's Door. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Plus they got the best character, Pothead. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally serving you like his brains for lunch. Like, it's so gross. Delicious. So, there you go. So it is time. It is that fateful time of the episode. Only took us 42 minutes to get here. Don't worry. Bad. We're going to be talking about your indie game of the years as well and answering your listener questions. But let's get to a Big Josh Boy. Our indie game of the years for 2021. This is the indie game that delivers an experience that separates them from their peers. Big Josh Boy. What uh, what did you choose for your indie game of the year? And was this a hard decision for you to make? No, 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 no. no. This wasn't really okay. that hard. <laughs> You're like, not even so a little the, bit. So Everything reason- else, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I guess this is hard is because I had to put my foot down and not say Isaac. <laughs> Because I know I was like, because we didn't uh, say you could put DLC on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's the best DLC of the year, hands down, Binding of Isaac. Like you can't, you can't beat it. It's the best game ever. Uh, we're going to get back to it instead of what's your definition of an indie game. We're like, what's your definition of a game? Because like they added quite a there's bit a in this of, most recent there's DLC. A lot of content. There's a lot of content. Um, <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, so for me, though, if you take Binding of Isaac and put it aside, uh, the best game, indie game of 2021 for me would definitely be Inscription. This is uh, Daniel Mullen's games. Uh, Inscription got uh, quite a bit of hype at the end of the year from a number of of industry people. And I think uh, for good reason, it is such an amazing little indie game where it's a card building roguelike mystery game kind of like a escape challenge but then it turns into like a uh, just full-on card battler and then it turns into another escape room challenge and then there's a Yu-Gi-Oh battle it's kind of a spoiler (laughs) but like there's some weird stuff in there it doesn't make much sense but it's all creepy and weird and like it was just such an an interesting story. I love uh, Daniel Mullen's games. I think they're always really, really strange, but in a good way. Uh, Inscription was just at its core in that first, because there's like technically three parts, I would say to put it. And that first part is such a good game that they literally had to create a modded version of just that part as a replayable section because it is just so damn good. Um the second part definitely kind of falters, but that third part picks it up and like keeps it going. And it was just very much a, I need to know more. I want to find out why I'm here. What is going on? This is really strange. Let's keep diving into it. And it was just fun. Like, I think that there's a lot of people who will kind of be turned off by the fact that it is a card game. And I get that. And if you don't like (laughs) card games, like it probably isn't for you. But if you can kind of muster through that and uh, just want to see this very weird and very unique game, uh, you should do it. And then if you do like card games, you got to play this like it's it's a hell of a time. I've heard so many good things about Inscription from you and other people like this is what one time in my life where a card game isn't just mentioned by big josh boy lots of people love this fucking game (laughs) (laughs) it's such a mind fuck dude it's i told you that one part where i literally had to like take out my character's eye to like progress through the story and i was like what is happening (laughs) it was it was very good it was very good all right. I'm 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 looking forward to eventually experiencing it. I mean, if fucking Celeste is anything, I will play this game in like five years. Like if it, if it says anything about the way I play games. I can't so wait. There you go. I can't wait five years from now. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should say hopefully we're still doing it. Hopefully we're not doing IndiePod anymore. I guess I'll... You're like, I don't even know how I feel about this anymore. It's, <laughs> it's whatever. Maybe. Uh, so for me... My indie game of the year was Ender Lily's Quietest of the Nights by Livewire and Adglobe. I feel like this was... That's that's snuck right in there at the end there. Yeah, well, it was because, like, honestly, before I played Eastward, I thought it was a solid, like, 
It's a lock. Eastward, probably going to be my indie game of the year. Wow. That was the reason that I wanted to delay East uh, this until I played Eastward oh, I or see. had enough okay. time yeah, yeah, yeah. to develop my opinions on it. And then after playing it, I was like, honestly, I think the story and like characters are really fun. But outside of that, I don't think that there's much here that I feel like I really need to experience versus Ender Lilies. I fell in love with that world. I love the characters. I I have no problem with like 100% completion in that game. A game I'm playing like right now, I'm I'm playing Elder, or not Elder Scrolls, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. It's all mine. And how are you? I literally just picked it up. I've never played it before and picked it up like uh, two days ago just because I was like, no oh, why not? I'll just jump into a random there you old go. school RPG. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> but I I just recently started playing it again because I want to play it in all its DLCs during 2022. And there are just times that I adore the experience, but there are other times where I am seriously so fucking sick of it. But I'm like, nah, I want 100% this game. That's what I want to do. Versus Ender Lilies going through... I feel like it has just been a an extremely fun experience. Sometimes there are annoying bits of gameplay, like I talked about before, where there's like a ramp in difficulty. But once you figure out how those enemies work, you kind of like it is basically like the three areas before that enemies all fought basically the same, like with small variations. But this one was entirely different. Mm -hmm. They started moving faster. They did more combos. It was pretty crazy. And I was like, okay, once, once I got past the initial, I guess, shock of it, mm -hmm. I, I got, I, I kind of got in the flow state and I, it just, this game is so much fun, not to mention all of the like little bits of story and that little bit, those, those tiny bits of world building that exist within the game, like slowly watching your white priestess as you beat more and more bosses and purify different bosses and mini bosses, which I love that it rewards exploration with dope ass mini bosses and, and in essence, more weapons because that's also something I found awesome about the game was you using bosses and spirits as weapons instead of actually fighting something. But as you do more and more, you slowly see the like blight leech on to your character. Huh. It's just so interesting. Cool. And it makes me like, I, I should be a hundred percent clear. I have not beaten Ender Lilies, but I don't see a, uh, like I don't see a time in which I beat it and its ending is so bad that it just ruins everything right. that I've played so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just, so much fun, and I really, really adore the game so far. So it had to be my indie game of the year. Yeah, very cool. But there you go. Those are all of our categories that we've got for you this year. So it is time to talk about some of the indie game of the year responses that we got from our patrons or just people in the community. Robert Ring from the Classic Gaming Podcast writes in and says, Hey guys, long time no talk. I've got my indie game of the year. Uh, so, or I've got to give my indie game of the year to Inscription. Hell yeah. No surprises there. Unpacking is a solid second place. I'm honestly surprised how many people love it. I know. I, I have said this before. I think it was such a boring game. I get that some people will think it's like calm and relaxing and a nice little like I guess puzzle game because you got to put them in the right place. But like, I played a couple levels of it and I was like, God, I do not like. This. <laughs> you're like i would much rather have this fucking anxiety inducing mind fuck of a card game like that's what i yes, enjoy because yes. i'm like here's the thing i i personally i don't like to do that but i very much uh every so often like every month or so be like 
there's clutter in this house or in this closet. We need to like move stuff around and like reorganize and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if I'm going to do this in a video game, I'm just going to get up and fucking do it in my house. So I feel better about shit not being as like hectic in here. Like, why am I wasting time on this game? Okay. All right. There you go. I mean, wait, wait, fucking shit on it, bro. You know, whatever. It's cool, I it's mean, cool, it's cool. teach their own. All right. You can, you can unpack. Apparently it's solid second place. So there you go. What do I know? Yeah. Solid second place, but of course their indie game of the year went to inscription like the big Josh boy. As it should. Uh, Zach writes in and says, hey guys, my indie game of the year would have to be Curse of the Dead Gods. It technically came out in 2020 for early access, but the full release was 2021. It just combines two types of game. You're like, trust me, (laughs) big Josh boy is the one who'll be lenient on this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is it a DLC? All right, I'll allow it. You you're really hoping that one of our like patrons wrote in with the Binding of Isaac DLC so you could do the same. Yeah, no, you're just like no one. Bro, if somebody pays us to to write in this shit, then like it's obviously okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one. No one. Everyone is fucking tired of me saying Binding of Isaac. It just combined two types of games that I love so much. I have always been into Dark Souls, and ever since Hades, I have been craving more isometric roguelites, so it was exactly what I wanted when I started it up. The combat is incredibly precise compared to most games of its price point. I do think that that is, like, for some people... That is a big thing, is also price points. So yeah, there for you sure. Go. Uh, and it nails the use of the stamina system, in my opinion. It's a slower combat style than Hades, but I think it has a little bit more room to breathe for that reason. The combat in Hades, while amazing, is so fast-paced that it just sort of falls into a rhythm of dash-dash attack over and over again. I feel like in Curse of the Dead Gods, I am forced to adapt my combat style to suit different enemies more often. And, of course, the curse system is very unique and leads to lots of different runs, and it's always cool to see a game based around a different type of mythology you don't see too many game or you don't see too many based on aztec gods anyway i interested to see what you guys pick in the in a sort of a slow year for indies so yeah. there you go i agree with that i think curse of the dead gods is an interesting choice i still haven't played it yet it but was fun. both zach and you have actually told me that i might enjoy the game a lot so yeah. I got to hop into it. Plus, I did not know that it was about Aztec gods. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all right. It's, it's a good... I'm glad it's not like fucking Lovecraftian because that's what I thought it was. <laughs> uh, I no. thought that the fucking yeah, Zach no. was jerking my dick here. And he's like, I'm glad it's based on something that not a lot of people talk about. And he's like, Lovecraft. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've been like, dude, the rare, rare topic of Cthulhu. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought it was a good game. I definitely have a lot of reserves when it comes to more slower paced combat like that, but I still had a fun time with it. It definitely wasn't my first choice of how I would want to see the combat. Like, you know, Zach was saying the, the dash dash attack over and over again. Like I just love it. I love that style of combat of like the very quick paced, just rapidly dashing and then attacking when you see the opportunity to make your attack. Um, But it still works very well. Like, I don't think that, people who you know have the same issue with uh, that i do with games that they call clunky as opposed to you know the more um precise combat style like i still think it is very much accessible 
All right. Okay. Uh, so Juno writes in and says, Emily is away three and Andrew McMahon says inscription or before your eyes. So there we go. We got a large variety of different games. Mm-hmm. I've okay, never okay, played okay. the Emily is away games, but Juno does highly recommend them. Yeah, I believe it's like unfinished swan. Um, what is it? Or, or wait, someone is it? There's Sparrow as well. I I forget. Those games are they have a like incredibly complex titles. I swear to God, they are very interesting. I think you're thinking of something different because I'm pretty sure Emily. I I might be actually. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's just Emily is away like one. Emily is away two, and Emily is away three. If I'm you know not. what, I I think I am thinking of like an entirely different thing. It's honestly just because I know Juno is like such a huge fucking fan of these games that I immediately leapt to it. Because like uh, Giant Sparrows games, Unfinished Swan and Motherfucker, why does it always go to like some dumb shit? I, I like click no on the idea. developer in like in Steam and it's oh, like, it oh, never, check out all of Annapurna yeah, games. Yeah, never like, goes to the Fuck right you. place. Oh yeah, the unfinished yeah. swan game. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, wanted what to remains check of Edith one. Finch and the unfinished swan were yeah, the yeah, yeah, were yeah. the games that like I know Juno loves them. Yeah. So immediately when I saw Emily is away three, for some reason You're like, I that just must be the that. third one. And I was like, <laughs> that's that game, right? Yeah, I get it. Okay, <laughs> no. all right. No, Emily. But there you go. Emily is away, away is a very strange series of like if anyone is familiar with AOL, like AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, it's kind of like. Uh, a narrative using AOL Instant Messenger. It's uh, very specific to one period of time. <laughs> and it makes way more fucking sense that that is not part of those other games because like, I looked it up and I was like, wow, they really changed the art style on this, huh? That's crazy. <laughs> like, they really, really took a dive. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, it's crazy what literally different game series in general will do, you know? <laughs> Uh, so time to move on to our listener questions. Phil writes in and says, what's the best game that you have played that you have never finished? So big Josh boy, what's a game that you obviously loved? You think it's the best game, but you just haven't finished it. Binding of Isaac. I'll never. show you fucking that. <laughs> I mean, technically I haven't, right? Like I've finished... I've beat every boss, but I haven't completed everything with every character. So what is... I mean, what if you finished? get cards that say, I can't talk about certain things, it's like, I gotta have cards that's like, Big Josh Boy does not mention Binding of Isaac in this fucking episode. <laughs> I, I use that shit the second there's Binding of Isaac news. I'm like, bah! And then sit there and I talk about Binding of Isaac. I'm like, isn't it a piece of shit, Big Josh Boy? And you just have to sit there like, Hmm. (laughs) um no i think i think i'd probably put um which is funny that we we talked about it in this one but i'd probably put celeste so celeste i got all the way to the end like i got to the canonical ending and then there is a bonus chapter at the end and what happens is you have to collect all of these uh specific um just items that will then allow you to get to the last half of uh, the chapter nine, which is that bonus chapter. And once you do that and you unlock that door, what happens is they start introducing you to the topic that uh, speedrunners uh, figured out. It was like a mechanic that wasn't really in the game, but was if you do uh, what's known as wave dashing. It's specifically dashing and like kind of using your bounce and trajectory to push yourself even farther than the game 
technically should allow you to do, but it's something that speedrunners would do in the game to make it so that they could get through the game quicker. And so the game tries to teach you how to wave dash because you literally have to do it now to get to other areas. And that was the point where I struggled to get good at wave dashing, especially like I also kind of blame it on using literally the switch rather than a, an actual like gamepad to try and get good at it, because I feel like yeah. that would have made it a lot easier since a joystick is really hard to to use for that. But at the same time, I also just didn't want to invest the time into figuring out how to do that and get good at it. So I was like, you know what? I've beaten everything in this game without knowing how to do it. And this is all this crazy extra stuff for like hardcore. Just like I want to invest a lot of time into this game to get good at it. So I was like, ah, I'm happy with where I'm at. <laughs> all right. Uh, for me, I've got two answers for the most part. For indie games specifically, Fez would be the best, like oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. best, most notable indie game that I can honestly say I'll never finish. I will never finish it because of that like motion sickness I've talked about several times. Yeah, for sure. And outside of that, the game I can say most recently is like, I in my heart, I want to beat this game so fucking bad because it's such a great game, even though I find some of its mechanics and choice realism really annoying. But like Red Dead Redemption 2, I will never fucking finish that game because it is too long, dude. Yeah, like I that game seems to have like six endings. And I don't mean like, oh, it's got multiple choice endings like fucking Mass Effect is some shit. No, it's just like it ends several times and then just keeps going. And you're like, that was an end. What, what do you mean? And then it's like, nah, boy. And it just keeps going. It's like, come on. And there's just too big of a time sink to put into that, let alone the fucking epilogue and shit. When you chill out with John Marston, I'm like, nah, fuck you. Like, I'm not, <laughs> that's not happening. You know, maybe, maybe in 2022, if I beat every other game that I want to in my backlog, maybe I'll pop back uh-huh. to Red Dead Redemption 2, but it's like so a never. solid no, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a solid never in my fucking life will I ever finish this game. No. So. There you go. Fez and Red Dead 2. Phil's next question. I know just everyone is so excited to answer this question. It says, I'm going to just steal a question I heard on an episode of Sacred Symbols. I was telling Big Josh Boy before we recorded. I or maybe no, this it was, was actually during the it episode. Was during. I can't remember. It was during. Yeah, 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 it was during. Okay, I said that. Yeah. All right, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. It's so been, if you say it's hour. during, I'll move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he says, if you have to choose between... Uh, what or sorry your parents watching you have sex or you watching your parents have sex which one would you choose on this episode of sacred symbols they're like i won't choose <laughs> they're like no <laughs> yeah my wife my i i said told my wife this one and she was very disgusted by it but then she was like uh, i'd probably pick me watching them so i could close my eyes and i was like no that's not watching <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. She's trying to look for that fucking that loop, perfect indie pod loophole, and you're like, no. Loophole. I'm like, no, no. I get to talk with you about it, so I get to say no rather than us just shitting on it. But here's the thing: if I had to choose, and I don't want to, but if I had to choose, um, and okay, here's another question to it, like a follow up, like. Do we ever have to talk about it afterwards? Because like, <laughs> well, if that's I mean, the case, you don't have to talk I'd about it. But them. if it comes up fucking naturally, you I can't like, I, that's that your life right naturally. there. 
your parents are just like, I mean, this they're they're fucking watching like golf and they're like, they've got good form. You know what? Also, uh, Josh, speaking of good, good form, form, let's talk about you're like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that could never naturally come up. But here's the thing. Uh, if we don't have to talk about it or it's not really going to be mentioned, I would want them to watch me because I don't have to have that image because then it's just like they're cursed with that thought of. Yeah. Like, otherwise, it's like. You know, if they saw me, like, whatever, I guess, like, I don't know. It seems like it has to be part of the deal because it's not like they came in unexpectedly and they were like, oh, no. And then just like sat there and watched like then I'd be like, get the hell out of here. But if this is like something to like fucking deliberately plop down a chair so your parents could watch you like what kind of angle are you guys wanting? Like you want is the like lighting over okay here, over you here? Gonna, yeah. <laughs> Do you need me to shine a light on my butthole just to really give you the full picture? <laughs> I'm not uh, at all into this question. (laughs) You're like, no, thank you. (laughs) I honestly, I feel like this is an easy question to answer for real. Like even when they said it and it's not like a cop out answer for sure. If I had to choose between watching my parents have sex or them watching me, 100% they would be watching me. Yeah. Because here's the thing. That is the thing where you can face away. You can act like it's not happening. And it's not like, oh, in the fine print that they get to be the peanut gallery and they're just like, oh, do this with your hips. You know what I mean? No, I've never once in my life, like something that I find interesting but odd at the same time is that my family is very open and like Morgan's family is very open. But a topic that almost never comes up is my parents having sex. Anything else we'll talk about. But outside of my mom telling me that my dad doesn't like it when she gets drunk because she gets really horny, which I found just objectively hilarious, was that's the only time that I have ever actually heard them talk about it. And that's the thing, bro. I can fucking like I I never want to imagine my parents having sex. But, bro. They can look right into my buttholes. I face the other way and I just pound away, bro. Like, I'm not even worried. They're the one who has to deal with that. I'd be like, whatever. It's not like you haven't seen this before. You know, you could pull that shit on him. When people are like, oh, I changed your diapers. It's like, yeah, you changed my diapers. So look at my butthole, mom. Look at it. You know what I mean? So there you go. I get it. I get it. They get to suffer. We chose the same answer. So we clearly uh, have the same idea on this which is very yeah it's rare. like fucking two paths diverge in the woods but they come back you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah. like they they get their different ways but they're there yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's, it's totally all. same destination totally. <laughs> uh so sam writes in with a different question and asks, really <laughs> just a very very different if sam also you know what <laughs> just like you know he's what? like i really need to know this I second what Phil asked just in case it's like just in case we tried to veto it just in case Josh got his veto cards but somehow the patrons could overrule it I second that you guys have to answer that one like do it I didn't know we could veto Uh, these questions this is good knowledge (laughs) Uh, Sam writes in and asks Vaughn a few episodes back, I remember you comparing the new Guardians of the Galaxy game to Mass Effect, which is good, uh, great news to my ears. That comparison got me very curious. Can you explain? And did the game continue to deliver after the first few hours? 
Mainly, I think the the reason that it reminded me of Mass Effect was just the interaction between you and different characters. And like you could do that on the fly during missions very much like in a Mass Effect way. And then afterwards, between missions, you could talk to them just on the Milano. And I really, really loved that. Plus, if you found these collectibles in different parts of the the levels you could actually pop up with different dialogue options and get into that the the combat is not like mass effect it's not a cover shooter um and as far as i've gotten like the story isn't going that far into it like it's it's not getting super deep but i've heard it gets really interesting and it definitely gets into peter's like backstory so i'm i'm pretty stoked for that did it extend past the first few hours? Yes. I have played like a solid 10 hours of the game and it, it that that feeling continued throughout it. I think it is incredibly fun. It's super interesting. The missions themselves are very varied and mm. it, they're they're super diverse. The things you do are really really cool. So I really like it. I think it's actually like it's a solid fucking game to come out in this year. I'm surprised it wasn't mentioned more often in game of the year talks for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, but granted, like there were some games that people were very passionate about. So I do get that. Mm -hmm. But there you go. And it was it was next one. It was in a couple of uh, places, but I feel like it was also very close to the end half of the year where like a lot of those awards had already kind of been thought of or like the nominees had been thought of. So a lot of the places where it showed up were kind of afterthoughts, I feel like. Yeah, and a lot of people I felt like were were very soured on a Square Enix uh, Marvel game because of Marvel's the Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I remember when it was originally showcased, its trailer came out and people were like, yeah. looks like Avengers, nah, I'm good. And I was like, let's fucking go, dude. I love the Guardians. I have a poster right there. Like, let's, okay. This guy, I'm excited. So there you go. I'm enjoying it. I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm, I want to beat it. Like I really want to play it. But right now, since I'm trying to get through Dragon Age Inquisition, I'm like, I cannot play anything else. If I do, I will not beat this fucking game. So it's like all of my downtime is just playing that fucking game. And it's like, sweet. I finally got my romance with Cassandra. Dude, I'm pretty sure I'm less than halfway through this fucking game. And I've already put like 40 hours into it. Oh it's God. insane because oh, I'm man. just not doing the story quests. Oh, and wow. so I've like I've basically progressed the game at, like I'm progressing it as much as humanly possible before I do another story mm. quest. Like the story quests right now are like, You'd be level 15, and I'm like, I'm fucking level cap, bro. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't know how I'm going to be with that game, especially if that's the case, because I I half the time so far in this game, I know we're going on a weird tangent because this has nothing to do with any games, but like, I've been playing this game for uh, like two, three days. I keep getting lost where I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing? Like, what is the main story? And then I'll just walk to yeah. an area, and they're like, fight these zombies, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just do this. And then like an hour goes by and I'm like, what was I doing again? And then they're like, but look, there's quests here. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll do this then. <laughs> like, yeah, I would honestly say like 
There's a lot of it that I think you can just skip if you don't <laughs> care. Like the shards, I think you should get because the like oasis is really interesting and they can give you like some pretty cool gear and permanent upgrades. But a lot of the side quests just tell them to fuck off. They like they're so dumb. They're just like basically fetch quests yeah. where you go and you're like, oh, this note says that I can get three coins. If I go to like this box, but the box is all the way on the other side of the map or the most annoying thing. I've cleared this entire section of the map. Find a fucking quest over here. Pops up down here. And I'm like, you can fuck off. That's what you could do. I'm not going to do that. Or like you accidentally initiate a quest that is such a dick move, like desecrating elven graves. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But I hate that it's on my fucking quest. Like I hate that it's on my map. It's so dumb. Gotta do but it. there you go. All right. Uh, Big Josh, bro, you got a question? I Since do. Josh, I started playing Paper Mario on N64 with my son. It's still yes. as fun as it used to be. And I thought about you disliking the new Paper Mario Origami King. What are the changes you dislike most? And is the game still worth it even with those changes? There you go. It's a trash game. That's it. It's just trash. Just butthole. Just butthole. You're like that's it's, that's what sucks about it is just butthole. It's just straight butthole. <laughs> it's they they did a weird thing by taking an awesome turn based RPG game and turning it into a weird timed puzzle game. Um, this new Paper Mario: The Origami King has a lot of really cool things about it. The art style to it is awesome. Like I love the little combinations. The boss fights are actually really cool. They have, it is very much a puzzle that you have to to do and go about with beating these bosses. And there's a certain way that you can rotate the map. And like, I love the idea of it, right? Pretty fun game in itself. Like I think it stands alone, that mechanic as something that is really cool of having this, like these little discs that you're fighting on and twisting them to create an order of being able to attack enemies in a certain pattern and you're looking for what is the best one and yada yada but it's just not the game it's not paper mario like paper mario does this thing and it has ever since a uh, thousand year door which are the the main two the starting paper mario games are the best part paper mario games you'll play and the rest can suck it i don't care about the people who want to talk <laughs> about how the wii game was good and yada yada or people who are color splash uh you know uh dude i know you're a sticker star fan dude, don't lie to me it, they're bad <laughs> games. i bought a they're, ds just for but, it if you like the game, fine. You can like the game. But if you want to say that it's a good Paper Mario RPG game, you're fucking wrong. Like, it's just not <laughs> that. It is a totally different game. And I hate that this series, the new, like, the main developers have been talking about, like, oh, we want to always have something new or something different. It's like, no, stop. You don't always have to have that. Sometimes you can go back to basics and, like, do what was great for those games you can make another just stop making a paper mario you can still make mario puzzle and it could be that same little twisty box game that you were making with this it has nothing to do with this origami king style like you could still have that world and it be a turn-based game and then be like oh but we also have mario twisty boy and you get to twist the boy and whatever you want to do i don't give a crap all right but stop screwing up my paper mario games Cause I, we don't, we, I really, <laughs> we don't need it. 
I have this fucking vision in my head of Big Josh Boy. He's sitting like he's he's sitting back in a chair. He's in this boardroom. These peeps, they're pitching like however many games in this Paper Mario series. And they're like, each game, we want to do something different. And Big Josh Boy, you know, you know what's different? If you if you made a good game instead of an ass one, that that'd be real different. Yeah, you know? <laughs> dude, that would literally be me. The thing is, like one of the biggest things that I dislike about the game, what I will talk on like a, a real level is what they did was an interesting mechanic of creating that puzzle game type aspect rather than fighting it in a normal JRPG type setting, which is interesting. And I think that the boss battles are really cool because there's a lot that goes into it. But what it does is it makes it so every battle in that game, especially with how they just kind of put all the emphasis on leveling up into money rather than experience, rather than anything in the game, like everything is kind of like how with Sticker Star, how it's just like, your attacks are just items you find and like they're more powerful because you found an item but you could only use it twice and it's like what that's annoying you're like (laughs) what kind of fucking who why why would you do that it just makes it so every fight in the game other than a boss feels so pointless there's no reason to do it literally just speed run your way to a boss like if this was a boss rush of a game and it was literally just that over and over and it was those different bosses i'd be like 10 out of 10 good game but otherwise it's just a long stretch of just nothingness the story good but i have to get through all of these bs little puzzle games that are all the same thing over and over again for no reason it's just terrible it's not good it's not good (laughs) not good it's butthole (laughs) And lastly, uh, Sam writes in and asks, finally, what is your top three anticipated games this is of 2022? This is a funny question. This is so hilarious because of the fact that, like, we had an episode talking about this and I fucked it up and deleted my audio, so we do not. But instead, patrons can listen to an episode with me and Eldar about gaming NFTs and such, uh, which uh, free feeds will get it at the beginning of February, I believe. So there you go. But B. Josh Boy, what are your top three anticipated games of 2022? I would say you could also, like, what I'm going to do is there are games that are not indies, of course, that I'm going to talk about, but I might sprinkle some more indies in. I'm going to... I'm gonna probably put indie games into this one um because i don't i mean what's coming out that's not indie that i would well i guess i could say okay i'll say non-indies would probably be the new breath of the wilds and i would say god of war but i don't have a ps5 and my ps4 bricked so i'm not gonna play it dude so like you gotta fucking see this shit like i don't know if you could see it the Look at how fucking Dude, huge that's that is. So you got you got a big notebook there, buddy. Does it have that's to stand so like that? Can it go on its side? You can. That's actually what's funny. Like you're the fifth person to ask me if it can go on its side. It can, but I got the disc version because I love physical media. And the two sides are like, so they kind of have like an arch to uh-huh. them. But this side would normally i believe in like the r digital has like an arch but it just has this bump totally looks like a cock it's hilarious i fucking love it so i had it standing up because i despise the way it looks sitting down (laughs) it looks so fucking stupid but yeah it's so gigantic that's a beast of a boy that is i know that is way too big yeah i don't have any any plans to get a ps5 anytime soon uh but i literally just bought it because some dude at work was like hey i've got an extra one i was like fuck it i've got the money yeah like why not give it to me 
yeah, this opportunity is not going to come again soon. Right. So. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I get it. Um, I just don't have any intention to buy it because I, I bought the, the Xbox Series X and I'm like, I don't really have the money to just throw down for another console. So I'm just going to stick with that. I'm very happy with uh, the Game Pass machine that I have, basically. Um, but that being said, uh, it, it'd probably be more Nintendo-based games or the Xbox games that eventually will come out. Like, I, But I don't know of when those games are coming out. Like the Fables, like the... the uh, There's Starfield if you're an Elder Scrolls Starfield fan. is coming out. Starfield is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is going to be a good game. I probably will like that I say a lot. Elder Scrolls just because of Bethesda. I mean, it's, yeah, it's That's pretty much it's Elder Scrolls <laughs> in space, which I feel like would yeah. be better for me because honestly, the Elder Scrolls game, I always kind of get, and this probably will happen to me with Dragon Age 2, is just like the fantastical setting just doesn't really do it for me as did like it's why i always went from bethesda's more like fallout games because i love post-apocalyptic worlds but like the fantastical settings i've always been like this is cool i guess for like a little bit and then i'm just like ah whatever i don't care um whereas i feel like in space might be more of like an attention grabber for an environment for me but anyway i'm rambling about bullshit so i'll go into my top three anticipated games of 2022 for indies uh nobody nobody saves the world it's coming out i think tomorrow as of the time of this recording and i'm gonna play the heck of it and we are gonna do our uh book club episode on it because (laughs) i fucking want it and uh that's what's gonna happen because i'm gonna keep pushing for it hopefully it happens anyway uh number two definitely weird west weird west we've talked a lot about this throughout the last year or so and i think even longer than that but i know literally nothing about this game just looks super cool i'm down for it and then definitely Sea of Stars. So Sea of Stars, the people who made, uh, I believe it's Sabotage Studios. The Messenger. Yeah, the people yeah, who made The yeah, Messenger. Um, they're creating a uh, like homage to games like uh, Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Uh-huh. And uh, it's very old school JRPG. It looks beautiful. And I backed it on Kickstarter a long time ago. Uh, so I'm going to play it. And I can't wait. All right. Uh, For me, my most anticipated like top games, uh, top games would mean that I'm including everything. So I would definitely have to say number one, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Let's fucking bro. That game doesn't exist. I've told you this. I've told you this. It doesn't (laughs) exist. That game is not a thing. Let everybody know in our our fucking famed lost episode. That was a common thread was him telling me the game it's, doesn't exist. It's not a thing. It's Bernstein, Bernstein Bears or whatever. It's it's lost to time. It's the that, mandala effect. That, just like that studio doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one Hollow Knight Silk Song. Number two would have to be Elden Ring. I'm very excited to play it, and I'm I'm actually going to pick it up on my PS5. Mm-hmm. And then number three would be God of War Ragnarok. Outside of that, I would have to say like games I'm really looking forward to in indies. Of course, No Place for Bravery and Weird West have to be the other two. Like I guess it's technically five, but like Hollow Knight Silk Song would be on both lists, you know, because it's <laughs> It'd be on it no list because it doesn't exist. So. yeah those would be my most anticipated games for 2022 but that is the end of this episode good stuff thanks everybody so much for listening to our indie game of the year if you liked this episode or any of the episodes we put out be sure to you know just like follow us on twitter you can you could chat with us there uh leave us 
reviews, obviously, on any site in which you could do so, specifically iTunes and Spotify. Hey, why not leave a comment on YouTube? Why not? Because you can watch these episodes. It's all sorts of fun stuff. If you'd like to chat with me outside the show, uh, you could do so on our IndiePod one, which is just at IndiePod. You can hit me up at Hyde Legion. You can hit Josh up at the underscore Josh 90. Uh, please check out our developer interview going live this Wednesday, which is Wednesday, the 19th of January. That is with Lee Hamad, the developer of Psychoverse City. Head over to Teespring. You could pick up some cool merch. I'm just going to leave it at merch, you know? Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to yeah, leave it at better. merch because probably then, better. like, that's like future proofing. I never have to say anything. It's just merch. Just Unless merch, all baby. of just it merch. goes away for some reason. Then it's like not merch. Uh, yeah, watch these episodes on YouTube. Just IndiePod over on YouTube. Once again, leave us reviews on any site in which you could do so. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher. If you give us any amount of time or any amount of your money, you are absolutely fantastic we love you for it but we got to thank those three dollar tiers so thank you so much to ryan ethan a gamer for fun john it's just john right? uh zach durham chase hopkins philip rich are the one but emperor of australia and sam fillion from canada thank you all so much you're all so amazing and we will talk to you all next week goodbye bye good stuff good stuff 2021 is officially over now yeah, we the we're the ones who decide. We decide. It's done.